20. But of course you are. 20 or two. Named after your father, perhaps. Hi, this is Lana Wood. I was Plenty O'Toole in Diamonds Are Forever, but nevertheless, you can see this, hear this. You can't see it. Well, maybe you can. You're really special on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. $267,000. I'll shuttle for one dance with Domino. Can you play any other tune? Something we're making for the Americans. It's called a ghetto blaster. May I cut in? again, Sam. It's a charming tune. Welcome to the 22nd episode of Bond Music 6 of the Best, our ongoing series discussing the Bond movie soundtracks, or, since we ran out of them, the spinoff soundtracks, or since there's another one coming, you know what? Everything's confusing on the show every time. <laughs> I don't know why I bother to write these things down. We've been doing spinoffs since we ran out of official James Bond movie soundtracks. This is our fourth spinoff episode, and our numbering system still makes no sense. I'm Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, and joining me is Alan J. Porter. How are you doing today, Alan? I am doing good. Thank you, Jared. And uh, yeah, as you said, hopefully we, we can talk about an actual soundtrack. In the not too distant future, which mm. I'm looking forward to. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm looking forward to this one or not. We'll no, you out. always we'll, do this to me. You always we'll do find out as we go through. <laughs> he sends me texts. People, you know, behind the scenes sends me texts, usually about how much he hates it. So we'll see. We'll see. He likes to poke you, pride. You are just trying to turn me into a video gamer on the slide. <laughs> these days. I've managed to resist it for decades. I know. I know. I'm telling you. By the time we get about. Six, seven more episodes in, it's going to convert it to a James Bond video game show, and you're going to be all in. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, I did listen to your audio documentary on the video games of James Bond, and I did enjoy it. Thank you. I maybe had no clue what they were talking about 50% of the time, but uh, (laughs) I did enjoy it. It was very entertaining and educational, so uh, thank you for doing that. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that feedback. Very much how I feel when I listen to Open Wheel Racing Podcast with you and Van. I have no idea what you're talking about at the time, but I love your passion and energy. So it all works out. But here at Six of the Best, here's what we're going to do. We're going to include a discussion of the album overall. And for each show, either Alan or myself will alternate who gets to pick the spinoff album takes the lead. This episode, I have the lead. And because of that, I get my first choice, my three favorite tracks from the selected album. And then Alan will get three tracks from what remains. Hence, Six of the Best. Sometimes the math works out. Sometimes we close out with a bonus surprise track, but I don't think I have one for this episode, so don't get your hopes up. <laughs> so let me get into our continuing adventures of spinoff soundtracks with Tomorrow Never Dies, the video game soundtrack by Tommy Tallarico. First question we're going to hit right out of the box before we even really start talking about the soundtrack. How did you discover it? 
Alan, I'm betting it was recent. Yeah. I think you actually included a track from this as one of the alternate tracks when we did Tomorrow Never Dies actual movie soundtrack episode, didn't you? I did. I did bring the bonus track for that episode, and I did bring a track that we're going to listen to again tonight. Yeah. So I think that was probably the first time that I was made aware of it, and obviously the first time I've really listened to it. I did actually then go and find it on YouTube and give it a listen, and then obviously give it a close listen again a couple of times through for prepping for this episode. So uh, you've made me listen to it at least three times. (laughs) All right. Well, you know, strange enough, Alan, it says, how did you discover it? I discovered it not too long before you did. I mean, well, technically, I played the Tomorrow Never Dies video game on my PlayStation. Oh, I'd say back in 2000, 2001-ish is when I finally got around to playing it. So I'd heard all the music, but I was unaware that there was an actual, I'm tapping my CD here, CD that was released for the soundtrack until, oh my gosh, probably, it might have been when I was searching for bonus tracks for that episode, Alan, for when we did Tomorrow Never Dies. And I went, oh yeah, I remember the music from this was pretty good. So let me find a bonus track. And then I was doing that. I was like, wait, they actually released a CD? And then I had to have it, of course. And that gets me into a little bit of the information on the CD itself. It's hard to find. They didn't do a lot of copies of it. It doesn't come up often on eBay. And it's usually over $40 when it does pop up. Usually $40 to $60, which is odd because this is a case where the video game soundtrack is more valuable than the game itself. You can go on eBay and pick up a copy of Tomorrow Never Dies, the video game on PS1. Oh, we're talking... $10, maybe, maybe 15, but the soundtrack is 40 to 60. I'll be honest with you, Alan, the one I'm holding in my hand, I got lucky for some guy threw it up there with a buy it now for $29.99 and I took it. So I paid 30 bucks for that to sit on my shelf. But then again, you know, on one hand, it's odd the soundtrack has outpaced the value of the game, but then of course, supply and demand, they made a bazillion copies of the game and not as many copies of the soundtrack. So scarcity definitely plays a role. Well, I'll tell you what, I am not going to get at you for spending ridiculous amounts of money on James Bond collectibles and <laughs> associated stuff. So um, he says sitting in his office surrounded by too much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, James Bond collectibles that we've probably spent too much money on. Yeah. Understood. Yeah, we all we all have our things. And I really, honestly, Alan, ever since we started the show, even back with, Raymond, when Raymond did the first, what did we do, like eight episodes, something like that with Raymond? Yeah. That's when I really started saying, you know what, I'm going to invest in the actual physical media for my collection. Because I had a decent collection, but I've probably bought a dozen or more CDs, including some weird, apparently, bootleg Die Another Day soundtrack. But we, <laughs> we covered that on that episode. <laughs> All right, back to the Tomorrow Never Dies video game soundtrack. As I mentioned before, it's pretty much exclusively put together by Tommy Tellerico. He got a little help from a couple other artists when he made it, but it's about 90% exclusively Tommy Tellerico. So Tommy's history with video games is kind of interesting. It starts on the Nintendo Game Boy. Notably, he did some music work for Prince of Persia on the Game Boy in 1991. So let's listen to Tommy's first use of video game music. So 
So there he starts on the Game Boy. So simple. I mean, the music chipset for it is brutally simple, but Tommy just had this real passion for video game music. He had already been in the industry with the developers doing testing and things like that, but his real passion was music. And so you just heard his first go around of it with Prince of Persia 1991 on the Game Boy. Well, since then, you could say he's had a bit of a success with his music and video games career as of this recording october 2021 he has over 300 video game soundtracks to his credit to include 2000's spider-man game which was available on playstation 1 and n64 alan not a big gamer so he probably hasn't hasn't played too much with the spider-man game but the music in it and the game itself both very outstanding yeah, Tommy Tellerico, lots of success in the video game. 300, over 300 video game soundtracks to his name. In any media, that's an impressive number. I mean, if that was movie <laughs> yes. scores, that's an equally impressive number, or even TV soundtracks or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's a big number. That's, that's cool. Definitely. Since he's sort of gotten out of, I don't think he's ever truly gotten out of video game music, but he's put more of a focus on being the founder and showrunner of a concert series called Video Games Live, a live, fully orchestrated, sync-to-gameplay video production. So you go to this concert, and there's gameplay footage of your favorite video games, uh, which Alan, I'm certain, has many. <laughs> He's not a gamer, in case you guys didn't figure that out. Okay. <laughs> but they have... Hey, I have one game. Oh, what, what do you got? Beatles Rock Band. Be- Beatles Rock Band. <laughs> I forgot. Beatles Rock Band. That's right. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Video Games Live is this giant production, and because Tommy is kind of famous for being meticulous, he wants it to be right. He wants everything to sound right and to be right. It took Tommy and his crew over three years to plan Video Games Live. So if you go to one of these Video Games Live shows he does, and I'm told they are spectacular, like really well done, high production value, high energy, like I said, fully orchestrated video game soundtracks put to actual videos on giant screens, like it's supposedly... Very cool. I'd love to go to one. But if you go to one, you're looking at something that took them three years (laughs) to plan. That's Tommy. And so when he was tapped to do the Tomorrow Never Dies video game soundtrack, he said, absolutely, yes, I want to get my hands on some James Bond. To me, and I'm about to ask Alan's opinion, but to me, it really feels like the David Arnold story. Like he's chomping at the bit to do James Bond music and they give it to him and he just leans so hard into it that I think it's wonderful, but I want to get Alan's thoughts on the overall soundtrack. Yeah, it does sound like the David Arnold thing. And actually, you, you were talking about those shows with the orchestra. It sounds a bit like the time that we went to see David Arnold and the orchestra play over Casino Royale. It's about four years ago, actually, thinking about it, which was a very cool evening. But I can imagine this is probably done with spectacular light shows and, as you said, gameplay, and it's probably a bigger production. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that sounds like it could be a, a really fun evening. Overall thing, I mean, you know, video soundtracks are not, you know, not my favorite beverage. Let's put it that way. It's not my cup of tea. But I was pleasantly surprised by this one. It was not Bond beaten bass or whatever it was called. <laughs> well, what can be, Alan? <laughs> well, uh, true. That, you, that cannot be matched. I will, I, will, I, will, uh, I will agree to that statement that that cannot be matched. Jill didn't walk out of the office in disgust while I was playing it. So, uh, you know, it's a notch up from that. Um, yeah, no, I was, I was, you know, again, not exactly my thing but i was actually pleasantly surprised and that you're right there's great production value behind it and you can tell that he actually understands and appreciates the source of what he's working with the love for bond the bond scores 
the music of David Arnold and stuff shines through. And uh, we'll probably talk a bit about that when we actually get into the individual tracks. Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I think we should have a new segment on the podcast called Did It Pass the Jill Test? <laughs> did she get up and leave? That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> or did she stay for it? <laughs> Okay, folks, for this episode, I actually do have a theme song. The theme song is probably the most interesting story on the whole CD. If you have the physical CD, as you know I do, track 17 is called Letter to Paris, and it has an asterisk on it. And the asterisk on the back of the CD says it's a bonus track and does not appear in the video game. It does not appear in the video game, sort of. Track 17, Letter to Paris is mentioned in the video game's opening credits as Tomorrow Never Dies 2. The song is referred to as Tomorrow Never Dies 2, and it's sung by Elaine Paiva. Although it does not actually appear in the game itself, you can play through Tomorrow Never Dies, you'll see it credited in the credits, you'll never hear the song. But apparently, if you're computer savvy enough and digging the video game's code, it's actually in the code of the game. Which speculation leads me to believe they recorded it. They intended to use it as the Bond theme for this game, or maybe even the closing theme for this game. And then maybe somebody from Eon got involved and said, no, no, my guess is they went, no, no, we've already had some trouble with the theme song on this film. If you remember correctly, it was supposed to be Katie Lang with Surrender, and then it got switched to Cheryl Crow, Tomorrow Never Dies. And meanwhile, you've got Elaine Paiva over here as they're working on the video game, making this song, which was originally entitled Tomorrow Never Dies 2, but called Letter to Paris on the CD. Again, this was a bonus track that was only available on the CD, which did a lot to drive up the values, why it's so expensive for the longest time. But I think the reason I was able to get it cheaper and values are coming down now is because you can listen to the song now on YouTube. You can find it out there on the internet. Before that, before the proliferation of sort of YouTube and internet sources, the only way you were going to hear that song is if you bought the Tomorrow Never Dies video game soundtrack so i think that had a lot to do with the pricing of it not only was the soundtrack scarce but i think a lot of people wanted to hear basically what is the third version of the tomorrow never dies theme song so i'll tell you what i'll stop talking about it and let's give it a listen
okay to give the proper credits for that, by the way. Like I said, that is written by Tommy Tellerico, performed by Elaine Pava. That lead guitar you hear wailing away is Mike Hamilton, bass and acoustic guitar, Joe McLaughlin, piano, orchestra, and drums. All the other stuff is Tommy Tellerico himself. Alan, your thoughts on this song and how it fits in with the other two. So now we have a total of three. Tomorrow Never Dies theme songs. I was very pleasantly surprised by it. Like you said, it wasn't on the digital copy that I'd been listening to. I wasn't aware of it until I saw your note in the script. Very pleasantly surprised by it. For me, this would have been the great thing to put over the end credits of the movie and have Surrender be the main credits and forget about Cheryl Crow. <laughs> so um, um, <laughs> so for me, this is middle rank it of the three. Um, yes, as I said, have Surrender be the main title song and this over the end credits, I think would have been really nice to do that. But obviously it's a different spin on the property. It's a different part of the property. So why they didn't use it actually for the video game and the opening of the video game, I'm not sure, because I think it would have been a good opener for it. I agree 100% with what you said, by the way, Alan. I think of the three, I think it's my second favorite song. And I've said this a hundred times, so I truly enjoy the Sheryl Crow song. I think it's a fine song. I sing along with it. But I just really was taken by this, what they call Letters to Paris, which was originally intended to be a Tomorrow Never Dies theme song. And you know what, Alan? I wish I knew the answers. For a guy who's dug deep in the video games world, you'd think I could figure it out. But sort of, it's so murky. When I go to listen to like the GoldenEye Reloaded game that came out on Wii and PS3 and all that stuff, when the GoldenEye theme song comes up, it's the GoldenEye theme song as sung by somebody who's not Tina Turner. So I guess Tina Turner wouldn't give the rights. And at this time, like I said, my theory is they were already having issues with who was going to sing the theme song. So I think my guess is Eon said to the video game folks, we don't need another song <laughs> to, to, to compete with this. I think it comes down to you got to have the rights from the Eon folks. You got to have the rights from whoever performed it. You know, did the video game company work in conjunction with the movie company who's, you get the idea. There's so many hands. <laughs> yeah, but so but, many. but this, isn't, this isn't like the GoldenEye one where it's somebody else singing. The right. This is song. an entirely it's, new song. Yeah. It's completely original for the video game. Yeah. A bit I, like I, the, uh, the Joss Stone one in... The other video game. Yeah, See, I, I do listen. I do listen. <laughs> you do listen. I think it was Bloodstone. Yeah, because there yeah. are games that get original songs. And, and yeah. some of them are really cool. Like the I really like the Just Stone one from Bloodstone. And I really liked the one from Quantum of Solace. That one was cool too. So I don't know. It's so weird, Alan. It's just yeah. so weird. But yeah, th I, this is again surprised me how much I actually did enjoy it. It was a very pleasant surprise. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's and really it doesn't well I don't take this the wrong way, but it doesn't sound video gamey. <laughs> no, I understand. I don't take it the wrong way, Alan, because this game coming out, and I want to say it came out in 99, is really marks where video games in general started being less video gamey, like putting more time and effort into the songs. And of course, there's a capability factor involved. When you have the older cartridges, they just don't have the memory to put <laughs> full-length songs on it. But when you start getting a CD-based media, then you can do that. So yeah, no, that, I don't take it as a slight at all, Alan. It, it, this does mark when that sort of next level started being taken in video games. So with that discussion of the very interesting Tomorrow Never Dies 2 slash Letters to Paris, which again, folks, you heard it. You let us know. You know, Hit us up on Twitter at OHMSPod and let's know what you think of that third Tomorrow Never Dies song. I think it's great. I think it's got a great soulful sound. I really enjoyed it. Speaking of enjoying tracks, let's start getting into our picks. All right. Top three picks from Jared. You know what? We could have put this CD, all the tracks like on a dartboard and just let me throw darts. And that would have been fine with me because I enjoy listening to the whole thing. 
but I do have some I like more than others. So let's get into my very first pick, which is track number 11 on the CD. It is called Outpost. And yes, this is the one that I brought as the bonus track when we did Tomorrow Never Dies, the actual soundtrack to that episode. I just really like this. This is one of my favorite Bond tracks in general. When I say favorite Bond track, I don't mean just in video game more, but I mean in general. I think when Tommy comes in with that real jazzy guitar, I mean, I get tingles up my spine. This is the track that said to me, Tommy Tellerico wanted to do James Bond music. So let's give it a listen. had to get that part that when he comes in with that like he starts freestyling it sounds so good anyway alan your thoughts sir well first off you had to come back to me just as i took a gulp of tea didn't you it's all part of how i do this <laughs> <laughs> this is probably the track obviously because you played it before is and um, the previous show is the one i was most familiar with on this album it sort of had that ring of familiarity to it yeah i like it i, I wouldn't rate it as one of my favorite bond tracks of all time when you've got david arnold and john barry and stuff to rank it against but yeah i enjoyed it it's a nice version of the bond theme and again obviously picking up on david arnold's work and the bond themes in general yeah i enjoyed it it's a nice little jazzy riff on the bond sound so 
Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. I'll listen, listen to it again. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. it Pass the Jill test too. So hooray for me. Uh, <laughs> well, with that, I'll get into my pick, which is number two. It is called Arms Bazaar. I bet you can guess what point in the video game it's used at. <laughs> it is track six on the soundtrack. This is one where Tommy brought in one of his friends. He brought in Sonic Mayhem, which, if I remember correctly, is a European sort of DJ music mixer video game that just dabbles a lot in all kinds of, of different music. Anyway, Sonic Mayhem does track six, which is Arms Bazaar. I find it cool and ominous and a very cool sneaky Bond sound. Again, I'd put this up against any actual Bond film score since Arnold's departure, which is kind of goes back to what you were saying, Alan. Now, I don't put the Tommy Tellerico music ahead of John Barry. Heck no, I'm not going to start that fire or David Arnold. But since Arnold's departure, I think I would have really liked to hear a track on one of those actual films that sounds a little something like Arms Bazaar. So let's give it a listen. Ominous music. Well, you know, I like my ominous music. But I will say, when I first saw you actually had the words Sonic Mayhem in the in the script next to this track, I thought that was your description of the sound of the uh, of the track. So, just, so I was a little worried about actually listening to it when I saw those words. Um, but uh, it's okay. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I'd listen to it again. Uh, pleasantly surprised by it. It grates a bit for me. I don't know. I'm getting very technical here, but there's that like fuzzy sound to it that grates a bit on my nerves um, okay, which sort okay. of takes the edge of it for me so again not i, I don't think given my age away here and it's not on vinyl anyway 
but it's not one I pick and put the arm back on to listen over over again. You know, or press the forward button to find the right track on the CD. Didn't bother me too much. I quite enjoyed it. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be based on those two words, Sonic Mayhem. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's okay. All right. You know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. Anytime I'm bringing you into something you're unfamiliar with, I will take, yeah, it's okay all day long. <laughs> so let me get to my third and final track. It is track 14 on the CD. It's called Market. I really adore the smooth, dark signature overtone on this one. And then there's an almost playful version that comes over the dark overtone. And when I say overtones and playful versions, it's always with Tommy and a little bit with Sonic Mayhem, as we just heard, weaving in James Bond themes and cues. They clearly had a a lot of love for this. I think this is another great sneaky Bond track that makes you want to crawl through an air conditioning duct somewhere. So let's give it a listen. Okay, Alan, what do you think about that sort of low, dark Bond sound with the playful light Bond sound over it? I like that. Actually, it's a nice mix. I also like the strong opening. I think this is a fairly straight out the gate, pretty strong opening to this track. So uh, didn't make my top three, but because you'd actually already picked it. But uh, if you hadn't, it might have made my top three. Yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite tracks on, on this collection. Awesome, man. And I think with that, over to you, sir. We'll go to player two. <laughs> this one. <laughs> You said you could have just taken this and thrown a dart and one wouldn't have that damaged the CD. Um, <laughs> two, two, yeah, it wouldn't have been that easy for me. I, I probably found four tracks I, I liked on here and you had already picked one of them. So oh. going into my other three. My first track is track four. It's called Detonate. I'm getting really technical here. I liked for what I, I called the sonic keyboard. I have no idea what, probably some sort of particular type of synthesizer or whatever. Um, it's a very technical music turn, but I like that opening and then the buildup of the undertones of the Arnold score. And by undertones, I don't mean the Irish punk band. 
to your point, I think it is pretty much with all of these, and you'll find it in my three, that one of the things I really like is the way that they just pick up on the classic Bond and the more modern David Arnold stuff and how it informs what they do here. So, uh, yeah, I like the keyboard. I like the build-up of the Arnold score underneath and then about halfway through the Bond theme itself kicking in. Um, so, yeah, let's listen to track four, Detonate. What do you think, Jared? I think that I've started to learn the key to Alan's musical taste after all this. Because <laughs> what I've learned is, to me, that's what I call a a driving, not as in like driving beats, but like driving around. Like, that's a good one to put on when you're driving fast. And I think you like music that you can listen to when you're driving fast and kind of amps up the atmosphere. I think we've talked about that before. I know we've talked before about how you kind of dig Isaac Hayes' music because we have that in common. It has a little bit of that hi-hat. Action to it, so I see the combination now, <laughs> the crossroads of things that you like, and yeah, that's a real fun track. Yeah, fun's a good way of putting it. That's not what I had in my notes, but I think it's a good summary of it. Yeah. Okay, so pick number two again. I'm going with more Bond theme familiarity. It's definitely a theme about a theme that's running through this this show. <laughs> I do like in this. So this is track seven. Sorry, I forgot that. Uh, my second pick is track seven, Decoder. Again, like I said, it has the Bond. Theme familiarity. I like how it spotlights 
the traditional Vic Flake, David Arnold guitar break in the opening and closing segments. And I love the subtle use of the uh, E minor major nine chord at the end, which is the 007 chord. And yes, I did actually have to look that up to see what it was called. <laughs> oh, he's fancy. I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> well, now we know. It's an educational program, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, for me too. Let's give a listen to uh, Decoder and see if you can pick up the E minor major nine chord at the end. I saw uh, Jared strumming there on his E minor major nine. I was very impressed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, E minor major nine. I'll commit that to memory. That track reminded me of the Moby track, sort Mm, of the the Moby James Bond tracks where I had that vibe to it, which I love. Again, another one I think would be great to drive to. Again, just like you said, Alan, it keeps coming back, coming back. I just feel like Tommy Tallarico and... David Arnold really come from the same place of like when they're finally offered bond music, they don't shy away from it. They don't put sprinkles of bond into it. They go full speed ahead with (laughs) James Bond. We're going to use the riffs. We're going to use the guitar sounds. We're going to use the undertones. And then we're just going to jazz it up with the other things that we bring to it. And clearly with Tommy, that's sort of that computery video game sound. Yeah. Very cool. So I'm going to wrap it up with track 10 Carver media. I'm getting technical here again. What I really like is uh, what I called a bubbly interpretation of the Bond score. 
I'm not sure of a better way of describing it. I have no idea what this has to do with Carver Media when I listen to it. It doesn't bring thoughts or images of any of the scenes involving Carver Media to my mind at all. But it is one of the few tracks on this collection that really got me bobbing my head as I was listening to it. So uh, let's give a listen to track 10 and see if you bob along with it. Or if anybody can tell me what the heck it's got to do with Carver Media, I'd be more than happy to find out too. As Jarrah said, you can tweet the answer to at OHMSpod and let us know. Do you know what that bubbly bit? It makes me think of a Bollywood version of Bond. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I see it. I see it. I see it. So, Jared, what do you think? Yeah, you said get your head bopping. We both were bopping our heads as we were listening to that, as we were doing the recording here. My instinct, and this is a 20-something-year-old instinct, is that this is the part of the game where James Bond goes to Carver Media Group headquarters. And I think that's the music that plays. Uh, I was going to say, I assume it. That is the gameplay for the Carver Media segment. Yeah, but, yeah, but it doesn't invoke news no. or any of that action to me. So it doesn't. No, I. It, yeah, more insights are welcome. Like Alan said at OHMS Pod on Twitter, we'd love to hear from you on that. But no, another another great pick. Again, see, this is why I feel like I could throw a dart at it. Although I think you're right. I think it would damage the CD if I threw, <laughs> threw a dart at it. But no, another great pick. Again, no shying away from the Bond theme. Totally leaning into it with a new zippy up bollywood sound to it i i guess so yeah i'm with you the whole way man you don't gotta sell me on these tracks i gotta sell you on these tracks. <laughs> all right i guess that ends our picks for this episode which means there's one thing left to do and that is to use our relatively new rating system 
Here on the show, we rate these on a scale of one to seven, one to double oh seven, based on how much you feel like this CD should be in a Bond fan's audio library. Now, to set your barometer, we pretty much say the official soundtracks to all the movies are sevens. Because, I mean, if you're a Bond fan, you should have all the official soundtracks. But through that lens, one to seven, how much do you think this CD should be in a Bond fan's library, Alan? So given the interesting interpretations of the classic Bond themes, but I actually also think mainly this is a difficult one. So that theme tune is only on the CD, correct? Correct. Okay. So for the CD, the physical CD, I would say given a four for that. Without that track, maybe a three. So if you listen to it digitally, which I know is not putting it in your audio, well, maybe it's putting it in your audio library, but yeah, I'd put it sort of mid-range. Um, like I say, it pleasantly surprised me, but for me, the biggest pleasant surprise was the unused theme tune. Is only available on the CD? I would kick that up to a four. Fair enough. No, I understand that. That sounds good. Obviously, I'm going to rate it a little higher, but I will do it with this caveat. Alan comes at it probably the best way for this rating with the strictest ear, just, you know, the music and how does he enjoy it and should it be on his shelf? Of course, I come at it as not just a Bond fan, but a, a video game fan and a James Bond video game fan. At that crossroads, I would say this is a five or a six that you need to have this music. I would say a six if you're a strong video gamer. I would say a five if you just like the music and this video game world is of interest to you. And then I, I think that kind of perfectly lays that. I'm sort of at five, four, and then Alan's at like, Three, four, so four, yeah. So we'll put it at a four overall, folks. <laughs> that's what that's what we'll do. But yeah, you could see where a video game person would value it a little more. And I mean, just this is we've never really talked about this before on the show. Well, we kind of have with the Jeff Love and the cover art, but like the cover art of it is really nice. It's highly evocative. Tomorrow never dies. In fact, if you didn't look at it really close, you might think this is the regular Tomorrow Never Dies movie soundtrack. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, it does look very much like. It's an official movie soundtrack CD with that artwork and the good photo of Pierce Brosnan and stuff. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. So what I'm saying is it doesn't look out of place. It doesn't like if you're scanning, it's not like, oh, there's a weird video game soundtrack. Like It looks like it belongs yeah, in your CD physically, which is a nice, nice detail. But yeah, we cheated all as all get outside anywhere from a four to a six or <laughs> a three to a six is where we're at. But again, I think it really depends on where you are as far as how you feel about video games and video game music so that will uh send it back to alan but before i give it back to alan i just want to say thanks to alan for trying this this new road once again that (laughs) gave throwing you curveballs but hey you know that's half the fun of the show you know i hadn't heard of jeff love until we did this and and i think that's great and uh, i'm just glad that uh, you gave it a shot and found some stuff you like you saw my jeff love and raised me a tommy torelco so (laughs) i enjoy finding Listening to these things, I mean, it's one of the fun things, as you said, it's one of the fun things about doing this show is discovering new stuff. It's one of the fun things about the Bond community and stuff, you know, is you're always finding new stuff. So uh, new stuff to get educated about, new stuff to listen to, new stuff to watch, new stuff to read, um, new stuff to discover. Um, and that's what these podcasts are about, too. So, uh, yeah. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And talking of which, that sort of brings us to the end of this episode of Bond Music 6 of the Best. Uh, you've got a question or a comment, you can email us at ohmspod at outlook.com or comment on Twitter at ohmspod, as we may have mentioned once or twice. 
And don't forget to subscribe to the Honor Majesty's Secret Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And if you could leave a rating and review too, that would be great. If you'd like to chat to us personally on social media, where can you be found, Jared? I am at Yard Sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is all at Yard Sale Artist. Or you can check out my art if you want to at www.theyardsaleartist.com. I also recently made a book called The James Bond Lexicon that is now available. Wait, no, that was you. (laughs) Was it? Oh, okay. So uh, as Jared very subtly reminded me, I want to plug again the uh, the James Bond Lexicon book, which came out in April, uh, is now on sale at Amazon and other good online bookstores. Three hundred thousand words, five thousand individual entries, four hundred fifty three pages. 271 stories covered, 80 original illustrations. It all adds up to one book. The James Bond Lexicon, the unofficial guide to the worlds of James Bond in movies, novels, TV, and comics by Alan J. Porter and Jillian J. Porter. Now available from White Rocket Books and via your favorite online bookstore. For more information, visit the companion website at jamesbondlexicon.online or follow us on Twitter at bondlexicon. If you have already purchased a copy, thank you. And if you would like to leave us, again, a rating or a review, particularly on Amazon, that would be appreciated. It helps the visibility of the book. And you can keep up with the latest news about the book and it's at its companion website, jamesbondlexicon.online. And you can follow us on Twitter at Bond Lexicon and on Tumblr on Instagram at James Bond Lexicon. And as always, at this point in the show, we will pass the bat on to uh, White Rocket founder and OHMS pod co-host Van Allen Plexico, who thank all our generous patrons who support all of our White Rocket endeavors. Here are the folks that have joined up so far. They include Chris and Clinton Stewart, Carl Von Drunker, Christopher Burleson, Jeremiah Schumann, and Patrick Hayes and Samuel Salvatore. You guys are awesome, and, and ladies, and all you folks. Uh, I believe those are all guys. Allison Rich, Bart Lindsay, Bradley Blackman, Chris Usher, Gary Grant, a.k.a. AUFan at KSC, JJP Geese. <laughs> Thanks a lot for that phonetic spelling. <laughs> Logan Chilton, Matthew Flowers, Phil Amthor, Richard Stevens, Steve Trawick, Susan Trawick, Trombone Tiger, Willie Carden, He's a dark horse for the Heisman. Ann Kangian, A.U. Falling Up, Ben Bloodworth, Chris Thrash, Clay Henson, Dan Thompson, Daniel Odom, David Evers, David Hegler, Emmanuel Seaman, Eric Morgan, Bobby, I Need Amanda Hug and Kiss. Yep, that's one of them. George Gaston, Jacob and Robin Fleming, John Otsuki, Catherine England, Kevin Smith, Nikki B, Phil Davis, Preston Settle, Reynolds Wolf, Rich Reimer, Steve Harlan, there goes Davis, WDE Richie, Wes Atkinson, William Morgan, Wilson Beard, Winston Body, Blake Heron, Boris the Tiger, who's currently behind me, Brandon Smith. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, we had to reshuffle that. Let me do it over again. Uh, Boris the Tiger, Brandon the Smith, Cato the Barner, and Chris the Hilton. Brandon, we got to get you on the V bandwagon now since you've kind of popped in between Boris and Cato. Colby Butler, Danny Flack, Darius Benton, David Simpson, Di Bama, Earl Ricks, 
No, seriously. Die, Bama. Earl Ricks, Eric Mahan, Hugh Anderson, Josh Teal, Kevin Canoy, Kevin Mahan. By the way, that reminds me, I've mailed out quite a few of the posters the last couple of weeks, too. We did a nice business of those Auburn posters that I had printed up based on the covers of We Believe. So I'll have some of those at Dragon Con at my table, too. If you want to pick up these really nice posters of the uh, of basically the last 40 years of Auburn football. Uh, Kevin Mahan, Lane Middleton, Melissa Blackstone, Mike Finley, Algorithm, Papa Todd, Patrick Williams, Randall Walker, Rob Morgan, Ross, Russell Milling, Sarah Hines, Sasquatch, Shane Bailey, Shannon Butson, Snow Dog. <sighs> this is the year Bo Nix has improved so much under this new offense. He's focused. He's having fun. I wouldn't be surprised if Tim Pittman, Tony Perry, we taught Van how to say piggies. <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. Alex Nguyen, Auburn Elvis, Ben Amos, Ben Rigas, Bill Miner, Charles Mooney, Chris Como, Colonel Dad, Daniel Barnett, David Smiley, Donnie Reynolds, Elizabeth Donald, Ice Cream Clone, and finally, James Taylor, Jason, the Weasel Scholarbrick, John Stubbs, John Zavachin, Joey Miller, Joseph Iliff, JT Jarhead, Justin Bean, Kathy Bright, Kenneth Brent Rains, Mark Squire, Michael Halbrook, Mick Vigicana, Mustangs smoke Camaros every day. Paul Bankson, public land owner. Robert Drain, Russell Souther, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, Spanky. Stephen Thompson, Trevor Johnson. Why am I even here? John Ringer has all the talent and carries this show. Brent Rumble, Chris, plus our one-time anonymous and smart Alec donors. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us for this episode. This episode's tracks are from the Tomorrow Never Dies video game soundtrack CD. And as always, we'd like to remind you to legally purchase your Bond music via official download channels or via CD or vinyl or cassette or 8-track or you know what we're talking about. Please support the James Bond creative community. In our next episode, we will return to discuss an actual Bond movie soundtrack as we pick our personal six the best from the recently released No Time to Die soundtrack by Hans Zimmer. And then after that, Alan's got something for us, I'm certain, on the next episode. <laughs> so with that, we will see you next time, and we'll be talking some No Time to Die, which as of yeah. this recording, October 3rd, 2021, neither Alan or I have heard one note of music from it because we've been staying spoiler-free. Well, I've listened to the theme song, but I Okay, that was a lie. I... <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't... Yes, I was saying to Jared, I have a CD. It arrived two days ago, and it is sitting on my desk, unopened, and I have not looked at the track listing. I want to hear the music in the movie first, and then we will discuss the soundtrack. So. Same, same, except I haven't even heard the theme song, so we'll get into it on the next episode. Yeah, looking forward to it. should be a fun discussion. We'll catch you guys then. Bye. Oh,
That track sounded to me like. What am I? I'll get it together, Alan. I'll get it together. Sorry, we just accidentally activated my Siri. Hang on. <laughs> Siri, finish the show for us. <laughs> <laughs>